Trivandrum Chapter presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. National Institute of Personal Management, established in 1980, is one of the premier organizations of professionals engaged in human capital management, industrial relations, employee welfare, and human resource development in the country. And IPM is a non-profit organization registered under the Society's Registration Act and devoted to the development of skills and the expertise of HR professionals through regular and active programs like webinars, seminars, workshops, conferences and publication of research papers through its chapters all over the country. And IPM Trivandrum Chapter is one of the oldest and most dynamic chapters in the country and has always been at the forefront in organizing various professional activities. Our activities are aimed at HR professionals and thus enabling them to reskill and upskill to face the demands and the challenges of the disrupted era. In addition, an IPM Trivandrum Chapter regularly conducts an advanced program on labor law for HR excellence. To bridge academia with the industry, an IPM student chapters are formed in B-schools. Besides programs like face-to-face with executives, the chapter organizes special programs for the benefit of the student members intending to create awareness on HR and its functions. Also, student chapters providing its members a platform to develop leadership skills and evolve as a professional after their studies. An IPM Trivandrum chapter presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. This podcast is brought to you by Factor Human Resources Private Limited. Factor Human Resources is one of the most trusted HR partners in South India for staffing services and data management. Hi and welcome to an all new episode of Insight NIPM Talks and you are with your host Ajish. This week we have World Women's Day and we wanted to take a topic which resonates with this. We are so glad to have Priya Pillai, head of HR Titan, talking with us on the diversity and inclusiveness. Priya has a very rich experience scaling FMCG business and creating brands and crafting human capital strategy. She has spent large part of her career in retail and service industries like Unilever, Titan and Mahindra Retail. She has managed varied portfolios from sales, operations, human capital to heading e-commerce business. Over time, she has developed people strategies, led large transformation agenda and partnered with organizations to achieve their organizational growth. Priya, welcome to this show. Hello, everybody. It's a great opportunity to be part of this podcast for NIPM. Thank you for uh, having me here. Today, I'm going to speak about one of my favorite, um, I would say, subject and something that I'm very passionate about. Every one of you would have heard of this acronym DEI. Uh, Some of you may have even heard it as DNI. What it really stands for is diversity, equity and inclusion. It is a very hot topic now because in a recent research done uh, with 300 top CEOs of India, it has come up as the top three strategic intents of organizations and their leadership teams. So 96% of the CEOs have called it out as the top three strategic intent. And this, I think, only drives home the point of why it is a very hot topic at this point. And while I will talk to you about uh, how this journey has been for Titan, I think there are many organizations that have embarked both globally as well as in India. And there is some really good work being done. And I do believe that this will have a much larger impact on the society. Because finally, organizations are a microcosm of society. 
and the good work that the corporates take on in this space will have its positive payoff and impact on the society as well for me diversity equity and inclusion is nothing but having organization demographics represent the social demographic of the country or if i were to say globally as well in fact uh, you know in a recent uh, session i found this very interesting analogy of looking at diversity equity and inclusion from the lens of a library and the analogy was that when you look at a library imagine if you had the same book the same cover the same content and the book is stacked up across the library do you see value in that library versus a library that has variety of books variety of content what does that mean it means that there is diversity of thought there is diversity of content and i do believe that organizations that embrace inclusion and diversity are poised for greater growth innovation as the data also supports it as well as building a strategy which which will address the diverse needs of the society as well so diversity equity and inclusion is i would say fundamental for sustenance of the organization but honestly priya is it something which is kind of good to have or is it a business priority are customers asking for it many of our consumers the new age consumers are actually making decisions of their product and brands also basis looking at the strength of organizations dei quotient so yes to be in business and to succeed in business as well it is important it is an imperative for organization to embrace inclusion you embrace inclusion and diversity will happen equity will take place we have always looked at titan as one of the role model organization how and why did titan got into this dni bandwagon so why is um, you know titan embracing this journey titan is is in many ways been pioneer in this journey way back in 1985 when our factories our watches factory started in hosur uh, we had uh, assembly lines completely managed by women run by women uh, we also had um, assembly lines which were managed by differently abled as well and all of these were seeded way back in 1985 when the organization had just taken its baby step we do believe that continuing in this journey of being inclusive and diverse builds an organization that is truly representative of the customers we serve and the customers we serve primarily are in the space if you look at our product lines we've got jewelry both for men and women we've got watches and wearables again catering to um, all genders we've got um, tanera our indian wear for women we've got um, fragrances the skin perfume which is again for all genders therefore if you look at the fact that our customer portfolio has this balance of men and women why shouldn't the organization have this balance and i would like to quote what um, venkat uh, the managing director of uh, titan had to say when we spoke about dei recently he said 
for titanians when we talk of a more diverse organization we are not coming so much from the point of view of maximizing the organizational effectiveness through that diversity we are saying first and foremost it is and quote the right thing to do to give all segments the representation that they deserve it is important to have a balanced workforce i think that's what i would emphasize on diversity because sometimes i have have had managers who've come up to me and said okay now does it mean that i have to hire 10 people and i need to do a quota system that this would be kept aside for two or three women no it's about having the balanced workforce and this is about saying that is the right thing to do because it's not about the two or three women the reality can be it could be even six women it could be even seven women but we are making sure that we are able to provide equitable opportunities for all segments of the society in our workforce priya perhaps could you also help us understand some of the actions taken or some of the strategies taken by the organization to implement dni so like i mentioned founders of titan company were truly visionary folks way back in 1986 they decided not to recruit employees um with watch case or movement manufacturing or watch assembly experience instead they went to many small villages in and around tamil nadu and recruited hundreds of young girls and boys who were just about 18 and trained them all in these areas the primary motive was not cost nor control it was the desire to do the correct thing which arose from their recognition of the full responsibility of a business enterprise which is to do right by all its stakeholders and in this case it was the community that was a stakeholder and this approach has continued over the last 3 decades today we have more than 90% of our manufacturing employees in uttarakhand and sikkim being women bringing a much needed economic and social transformation in those families and societies and to do some of these steps it is it is it does not happen overnight you will not be able to just bring in these women because one fine morning we decided we need to bring in um x percentage of women in workforce it doesn't work that way you have to set the foundation and how does that foundation set by having your environment ready to not only attract but also retain the women talent and this takes place right from the leadership demonstrating that role modeling of being an inclusive leader being an inclusive leader is an extremely important part of what that right qualities of a leadership is in titan and when you have inclusive leadership as a very key ingredient then for manage managers as well it becomes an important part as to how are you demonstrating in the way you're managing your team the inclusiveness and for this we we have in place what we call non conscious bias sessions and programs which are conducted across all our employees we do this not just for the managerial segment certainly we have for the managerial and we have a slightly different design for them but we also have them for all our employees whether they are off role or on role we have them all covered under this because every employee should be able to experience the inclusivity whenever we speak about inclusivity uh, another thing which comes into picture is biases can you help our listeners understand how these biases influence organization why am i saying about inclusiveness because i'm not sure if you are aware that there are many different types of biases which are there which is not necessarily linked only to gender bias of women gender is just one of the biases 
there is affinity bias which is also known as similarity bias where you have a tendency to connect with people who are who share similar interests experiences and backgrounds ask yourself do i have an affinity bias do i have a tendency to connect with only people who have shared interests like mine the next bias is confirmation bias confirmation bias is the inclination to draw conclusions about a situation or a person based on your personal desires prejudices or beliefs rather than on unbiased merit there is a third one which is perception bias what is perception bias this is basically forming stereotypes we've heard don't stereotype right so this is to form stereotypes and assumptions about certain people or groups that makes it difficult to make an objective judgment about the individual or members of those group because we are then stereotyping them the fourth one is halo and horns effect the halo effect is a tendency people have to place another person on a pedestal after learning something very impressive about them and the horn effect is the is a contrarian the tendency people have to view other person another person negatively after you learn something unpleasant or negative about them i think we've spoken enough of the gender bias which is there is a either a positive or a negative bias towards a certain gender or another gender there are three other biases and is ageism and it's an important bias to take note of because specifically in organizations which have multi generational workforce uh, sometimes you do see this playing out ageism is a is in the workplace is the tendency to have negative feelings about another person based on their age for example we may say i believe that uh, you know i should promote this person who's got who's older and has got much more experience than somebody who's come in new and has got lesser experience i mean if there are some of these decisions if that decision is based on a certain experience or age maybe something to reflect on the next one is authority bias authority bias refers to when an idea or opinion opinion is given more attention or thought to be more accurate because it has come from an authority uh, authoritative figure or not given enough attention because it didn't come from a person with any authority what do i mean by this so in a room when there's a conversation happening and you know there is an idea and there is a combination of ageism and authority bias that you can see as well sometimes playing out there is an idea that is coming from somebody who is very young in that room who perhaps in the hierarchy of the organization is um, is not uh, right on the top and um, at times uh, there could be situations when that person's idea is ignored and that's an authority bias last but not the least is the group think uh, and i would call this the bandwagon effect yeah it occurs when try too hard to fit into a group by agreeing with majority or by stifling opinions that may you know differ from the group so these are the different biases which are there and what really the non conscious bias sessions are all about is to create awareness amongst our um, employees and managers on the different types of unconscious biases and also giving them a realization of perhaps what could their intrinsic bias be we know that the non conscious mind is a very powerful and intrinsic force that helps to shape our overall behavior and it's a blind spot for us by the way we may not even notice it but the people who live with us or people who work with us i'm sure can tell us a lot about it so these programs which are interactive sessions are designed to examine how bias can affect 
our perceptions, decisions, and interactions. And I think we I, we have seen this play a lot when there are interviews that take place. So sometimes you can have a, somebody has a bias for looking at only people from a certain background, certain pedigree, certain education, certain you know management background, or certain organizations only. While at times it may have merit because you're looking for a certain skill set but if it's going beyond skill set if we believe that somebody who comes from a management school can do this job better or than somebody who is from uh from a who's a ranker or vice versa or somebody thinks that i think the ranker can do a better job than the management trainee both represent us a, a sense of bias that we are coming from so to really combat these non-conscious bias in the workplace it is so important to understand and identify our own biases and by the way it's a long process there's a lot of reflection that is required by individuals to arrive at that and when you conduct these sessions and you are able to create that awareness you may not remove your bias but what happens is that once the bias is moved from a non-conscious to a conscious state i would say that you can then take appropriate action to challenge our perceptions and ensure that they do not impact our decision and this for me is the first step in building an inclusive organization and then like i mentioned earlier inviting people to the party and whether people can dance or not there is no judgment there everybody is having a good time and everybody is enjoying the party so it's important to create first the inclusion workplace and once that is put in place you will find that the outcome of that would be diversity and having higher percentage of diverse workforce whether it is ethnicity re- religion age genders it could be anything but you set a very strong foundation to build your diversity charter or so that i think is a very important ingredient for us to build the diversity agenda while the organizations can have a good intent and of course uh, a robust strategy road map towards it what are the other preparedness that are required from an organization side to mature in this dni framework it is also important for organizations to have a robust support system in place because just doing the non conscious programs is not going to change over things overnight do you have a very strong support system that you have placed around in the organization through people processes people practices that will help do the check and balance for some of these biases so let me give you an example the job descriptions right many a times when the job descriptions are written there could be some very subtle nuances of the job description that is perhaps giving a sense of it not being very inclusive where you may not get enough women applying for those jobs i think it's so important for us to take some perhaps deeper look into these aspects another can be we do know that you know there is uh there are infrastructure um challenges sometimes in some parts if you're taking people in sales roles and you want women in greater sales roles do the policies in your organization support them and let me just give an example of what titan has done here we are committed to create a safe a safer workplace 
and work environment for women in Titan. And we have put this into action by uh, looking. So one is we have Avatar, our partner in DEI that does the audit of all our policies and people practices. And as a result of that, we are reviewing our policies every, um, you know, I would say every year. And uh, recently we revised our travel and transfer policies. Unfortunately, like I said, our country's uh, infrastructure doesn't provide safety to working women, especially, especially the ones in the field roles. And women often refuse to raise their hand or stay away from business critical roles like sales due to this. So we do have a few women who still brave the odds and are in the field role in the organization, but we wanted more to join the group. We want more and more women to take up sales roles without any fear in their mind. So during the course of last year, we spoke to women with, within the organization to understand their perspectives, their challenges, and how could we help them. And this is a very important input I would give every organization. How often do you listen to the different cohorts or different employee segments in your organization? It is very important. Not just the women, I would say it's also important to, do, like I said, listen to all segments of the employees who are there because they give you some very valuable ground up uh, insights and even solutions. So we spoke with women in field roles and with ones who are uh, very good to take on field roles, but have shied away from the field roles. We wanted to help in every possible way. Our revised policy enables women to choose the fastest and safest option between trains, bus and hired self-driven car for any upcountry travel. For a stay in non-metro location, a woman can choose a hotel where she feels safer and not get uh, constrained by entitlements that typically are there in our processes and policies. There is a company car pickup and drop for late evening commute and many such options primarily focused on women having the choice and feeling safe while she goes about performing her role. When anyone is posted in a new city, there is a lot of excitement and fear at the same time, right? And we want women to also take on roles across other parts of the country. Women do not prefer a non-metro locations because sometimes there are fears about unfamiliar city and safety. And these are and the, there are challenges of not knowing the city, finding a place to stay. And we have faced, uh, you know, the women have told us that sometimes if, because they're single women, they're also refused tenancy. Uh, specifically in metro metro cities imagine in non-metro also you know how grave this problem can be we wanted to support them we wanted to fix this problem and we wanted to help them settle and provide support to do uh, that we introduced a set of um, guiding ways which is we said we will have somebody designated that will support any employee specifically a woman who's posted in a b plus and b class town um, who will help the employee for scouting, negotiations, broker interactions and registration because you needed somebody from that location who can help. The designated person will also be present when the movers and packers are delivering or unpacking household goods so that there is a support system for this person. And a woman employee on deputation has the option to extend hotel stay up to a month if they are unable to find a suitable place to stay. And we've also provided them with company card during this period at their disposal for daily commute uh, because of some of the challenges with infrastructure. In addition to this, uh, we, like I said, you have to listen to different segments of employees. We also listen to some of our employees who came up instantly um, fathers and, and they said, you know, we want a, a lot more inclusivity in the way the policies are being looked at specifically for to be parents. 
So being a parent is the most important and life-changing part of any any individual's life, be it a father or a mother. But you know, there is a bias. The bias is that a woman is the primary caregiver because that's how we have stereotyped it. But we in Titan believe that gender is irrelevant here. While yes, because of the nature of birthing and the physiological, it is important for the woman to take her leap. But here we are also saying that we have created a gender neutral and inclusive policies for to be parents, employees. So these policies are irrespective of gender. And and, and this is again, it's about reconditioning our mind, right? It is to say that we have gender role conditioning and and it's important to revisit them so we're not saying that mothers don't play a primary role in upbringing of a child but i think it is so important to also give fathers a chance and a choice we wanted to provide support and flexibility to our parent while he or she embarks on the journey of parenthood so creating a policy that is gender neutral gives fathers opportunity to actively partner in the journey of parenting be inclusive to all mediums of becoming a parent adopting and surrogacy for single or married parent or even same-sex partners. So this really has created a policy that is contemporary and meets the needs of today as well. And we are also preparing the organization for tomorrow. And we moved away from calling it paternity leave and maternity leave. So in our revised policy, we've defined it as uh, primary and secondary parent leave. So in addition to leaves, the primary parent has plethora of options that also provides flexibility and support till the child is over one year, which includes leave extensions, half-time, half-pay options, reduced working hours, um, converting to gig working, working from home options. And this applies to birth adoption and surrogacy as well, because we're seeing all all of these forms are now becoming a lot more prevalent, right? So some of these are what I mean by policies and support mechanism that you have to put in place. I would say that there are organizations and um, it's also our intent in Titan to start moving. Screening of profiles is done without any indicator of gender or name, right? So there are many organizations have moved into that direction. And I think, or, you know, that does not give away ethnicity or it does not give, give away gender. It's very important to call some of these things out. When you're looking at all the people processes, whether it is right from hiring, going on to the entire life cycle management, it is important for um, the organization, its leadership team and HR to really look at all of these with a fine tooth comb and understand if the policies are inclusive in nature or not. Because if they are not, then it's important to revisit and look at what needs to be done to make it inclusive. These are an extremely important um, steps to be taken while you are at the same time looking at um, when you're looking at um, uh, also doing the uh, change management across the organization through non-conscious bias programs. In addition to the non-conscious bias programs, I think a lot of conversation with leaders on diversity, on equity and inclusion is an extremely important part of the journey. It's, it is, and it is about not just what is said, it is also what is unsaid because that's employees are watching their leaders all the time. So what you say and what you do yeah, are very important aspects of role modeling. And I would say that leaders play a very critical role in, in building this. In addition to this, um, I would also like to add that uh, we have um, we have started uh, in Titan Employee Resource Group. It is called um, now N O W. It is Network of Women, and 
I will tell you the power of employee resource groups in organizations that have undertaken the DI journey is phenomenal, right? Because this group, this employee, or as I call the women resource group, can help the organization better understand the diversity, inclusion, and uniqueness of um, of the organization. This group may be able to also point out highlights and some shortcomings or issues that need to be resolved to improve employee morale and productivity, and to also improve the, uh, I would say, the inclusion quotient of the organization. Allowing women a chance to connect and network with another also helps them develop connections that will matter throughout their careers and they also become a sort of a support group for each other. Another platform for women to express and be heard and also brings in a sense of inclusion in the workplace. And I do believe that, uh, you know, for an organization to reach its diversity and inclusion goals, this group acts as advisors to the leadership team when it comes to creating a more inclusive and diverse workforce. And they, in fact, should also review our policies, processes, um, look at all our uh, different, um, I would say, different uh, listening posts and advise the organization on what, what steps need to be taken. So we are in Titan at a very critical juncture from the DI perspective, you know, to to build an organization that helps foster awareness, respect and inclusion of women within the workplace. Uh, we believe that uh, this kind of a resource group is extremely important. Our um, champion for this resource group is uh, Shaman, who is the CEO of our eye care division. And I think that also by itself is a messaging that comes out. And um, the group has... Uh, leaders, women leaders and women managers from across different parts of the organization who are part of this resource group. So currently we have close to about 60 women who are the core members of the group. Certainly all all women are part of the overall network, but the core group is the one that engages and gives um, the organization advice on what it needs to do to be a more inclusive company. So these are some thoughts that I wanted to uh, share on what Titan is doing in the space of DEI. And like I said, um, uh, for Titan, the journey has, is, has continued over the last three decades. And our approach to this is not from the angle that this is good to do from a business lens. It is the right thing to do. And for us, DEI really stands for bringing balance in the organization. Is there some way how an organization can measure its DNI and its DNI effectiveness? So the point on what is the measure for DEI, it should not end up becoming a tick in the box, a nice thing to do. Okay, I was asked to hire some women, I've hired some women. And that for me would be the worst thing that you can do in a DEI agenda. So there are many parameters that one can look at as as pointers for DEI. The first and foremost would be all your engagement surveys and your listening posts should have very pointed questions on inclusion. Yeah, so that's the first one. Second, I would say is that there are organizations which have in their manager scorecard built in the managerial manager's inclusion quotient, which is a very important element that gets discussed specifically when you are talking about their promotion. Because when you are looking at building managers and leaders in the organization, yes, one part of it is the functional capability that they bring to table, but more importantly, as you go higher in the role, 
it's about how inclusive a leader are you and are you going to be the librarian who stacks up same book hundreds of them or are you the librarian who's able to get variety of books and build the richness in content so i think that's a very important indicator that organizations have started building in some of the other indicators that uh, organizations are building in on these are certainly i think the easiest of it is your hiring metrics right right from the number of profiles sourced uh, the diversity ratio of that at every level and that's an important part to note right at every level of the interview how is this moving up are there any biases that are coming on the way of that selection process journey because many a time let's say if i am the final the final authority in taking a decision and i have been given one male profile and one female profile and i'm told that this is meritocracy basis but I, and i may just say i'm say like yeah, okay, all right you know i will just choose the one best amongst these two but am i seeing that through the process the two other people who interviewed in the process what were the number of women profiles they got in each of those selection process and you know how many prof what was the mix of that profile so i think that's an important one to to look for those are metrics that you look for in hiring that's part of the change management as well the other i would say is the the percentage of women or whatever diversity agenda that organizations take on because it could be across any kind of diversity that you look at but if you're looking at women then i would say that the number of women specifically in the managerial to leadership is a very important metric to look for because the best trap to fall in ajish is that if you were to say that i have 30% women all right and you tell that organization okay now tell me if you remove your front line or if you remove the pyramid what's that percentage looking like and most of the times it drops to 10% and that is demonstrating a certain leakage in that hierarchy and that leakage needs to be arrested and for you to arrest that leakage you need to deep dive into what's happening in the organization and what's happening in the organization can change from different cohorts or different segments it can be different for manufacturing it can be different for the field role it can be different for corporate it can be different for finance it can be different for hr so it is so important to really spend some time in understanding what the ground is once you understood then the action that you draw out of that is also a i would say an indicator to look for what is there for the trajectory are you seeing that 30 that 30% which is dropping to 10% is now becoming 15% because of those initiatives put in or is it it is going down to 8% because if it is then there's something that there's something that we have not picked up and there's something that we are not correcting for the other uh, um, indicators uh, that um, that are very uh, important would be like you know uh, uh, doing the i would say the um, and we do this in 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 titan is a third party attrition interviews and this is not just for women we do it for across and some of those biases that we speak about right you know everybody when they're leaving the company what would they say oh i'm leaving because i've got higher salary and anyway great attrition this year has only catapulted it or they're saying that you know i'm leaving because i've got a bigger role and I've got... but when we did this session through the third party and this uh, in fact they have a panel of psychologists who do the questioning we were able to arrive at uh, many of the factors which indicator are pointed towards a certain segment where the leakage is very high and also it brought to light some of the biases that i spoke about right like i 
I spoke about either the ageism bias or some of the other. So it kind of then points to saying in a certain managerial environment, there may be some challenge that you have and you need to address it. So these are some indicators that I would say that the organization needs to use. But most importantly, um, organizations like Avatar that we have partnered with or even GPW that does our employee engagement survey have very pointed questions on inclusion, on diversity, on equitable as well. And I think leveraging that to get as indicators is an important aspect. In the annual reports, organizations have started publishing their DEI intent and their DEI uh, lag indicators. So I think these are some, some indicators one can look for. Fabulous. Priya, thank you. Thank you very much for your time. It was, uh, you know, more than the podcast, you know, it's always a pleasure listening to you. So I think we should connect more often. Be sure, Adi. Thank you very much. It was wonderful having you here. Anytime, anytime, anytime. This podcast was brought to you by Factor Human Resources Private Limited. Factor Human Resources is one of the most trusted HR partner in South India for staffing services and data management. The NIPM Talks podcast titles Insights is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement related to the topics presented here. Reference to any specific product or entity or solution does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by NIPM or its chapters. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance in the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent.